The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Positive test results for Donald Trump and his wife Melania. But will their coronavirus diagnoses prove negative for his campaign? This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. They call it an October surprise, the game-changing event which traditionally upsets the apple cart in November's US presidential elections. And it's looking like it may have happened like clockwork on the first of the month, when Donald Trump announced that he and the First Lady had both tested positive for COVID-19. The pair say they're feeling well and are isolating in the White House. Messages wishing them well soon began to pour in, one from Joe and Jill Biden on Twitter, no less, and from our own Prime Minister. We all want to send our best wishes to the President and uh, the First Lady, and uh, I've done that. Election Day is less than five weeks away, and isolation likely means two weeks off the campaign trail. And that means no more cheers from adoring supporters – and no more trips to states where Mr Trump needs to close the gap. To discuss what effect that'll have on his campaign, and how, if everything goes really wrong, the crisis could lead to a Democratic president even before the votes are counted. You'll have to listen to the end for that one. I gave Professor Adam Smith a call. He's a professor of US politics and political history at the University of Oxford, and director of the Rothermere American Institute. And we started by talking about whether Donald Trump's campaign would suffer with two weeks off rallies. That's got to have a negative effect. I mean, we, you know, we know that he seems to psychologically need the kind of insta feedback from cheering crowds. He's been very anxious to resume the campaign trail in person. He's been mocking Joe Biden for not holding very many campaign events and for having them socially distanced when he did. So this is a big blow for the Trump campaign in that in that sense. There's no doubt about it. Do you think that mocking tone is going to have to change now? The idea that Joe Biden is <laughs> sleepy Joe. I mean, there is an irony in the fact that Donald Trump four years ago to the day was mocking Hillary Clinton for contracting pneumonia. Yeah. Might we see a different a different Donald Trump if he is to come out well on the other side? <laughs> well, if there is another Donald Trump hidden beneath his, uh, the appearance of Donald Trump, I mean, nobody has seen it in 74 years. It would be, we'll wait and see, won't we? I mean, you know, this this illness does appear to change people. Um, there were people who said that Boris Johnson took a different tone and had a different attitude after he was severely ill, aren't there? So uh, it's, it's possible. Um, but, you know, the thing is that Trump is now so, so deeply associated, and this is a big difference between the situation he's facing now and the situation that the prime minister was facing back at the beginning, near the beginning of this crisis, as it seems, when when Johnson was ill, that the Trump is so associated with a very dismissive tone, with playing mm. down the impact of the virus, with urging... Uh, states to reopen with these fantasies about packed churches on Easter Sunday. He's so associated with that that I, I don't really see that some kind of reverse gear from him now is going to either be very convincing or make any difference uh, politically. I think one of the key things might be that Joe Biden's been pitching himself as the candidate that you would want to be leading America in this pandemic, whereas Donald Trump's been trying to stay away from that. And he's pitching himself more as the candidate of um, law and order and, and free speech. And this is inevitably going to put the focus back on coronavirus. Do you see Biden coming out on top? And, and what should the Democratic campaign be doing to put it really crudely benefit from this? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're abs- I mean, I think uh, 
the, certainly the conventional wisdom would be that if this is an election which is a referendum on Trump's handling of the pandemic, then he's he's going to lose. I mean, he he appears, according to the polls, to be cruising towards defeat anyway. And clearly this will refocus attention on coronavirus. And there's no, I just can't see how that can possibly be good for the president. I mean, from the Democrats' point of view, I mean, the the Biden campaign will be very anxious about the health of their own candidate, of course. I mean, Joe Biden, who of course is also um, uh, an elderly man, although not obese like the president is, and without the some of the other underlying health conditions that the president may possibly have. Uh, but nevertheless, Biden is, is clearly in a, a highly vulnerable category, and he was standing on a stage for the best part of two hours with Donald Trump on Tuesday night, several feet apart, but with Donald Trump talking for most of that time uh, quite loudly in his direction. And uh, I'm obviously not an epidemiologist or an expert on how this virus is transmitted, but from what I read, it seems entirely possible that that, that Biden may have been vulnerable if the president was infectious on Tuesday night, which appears likely. Um, but if that doesn't happen and Biden uh, self-isolates and, and stays well, uh, then I think the Democrats will just keep their heads down and let this that, let this play out. And insofar as it will naturally refocus attention on the president's manifest multiple mishandlings of this crisis from the beginning, then it will surely rebound to, to Biden's advantage. In terms of the next debate, when we may or may not see Donald Trump and Joe Biden hollering at each other, that's scheduled for the 15th of October, which is ex- almost exactly actually two weeks after his diagnosis. If that doesn't go ahead because of this development, who will that benefit more? I mean, my, in my view, the first debate was was not good for Trump. I mean, he he. it's hard for, for me to think that anyone who isn't already in the Trump cult could watch that kind of aggressiveness, that bullying, that manifest ignorance and be convinced by him. Um, on the other hand, you know, Biden, there were clearly ways in which Biden could have put in a more effective performance on Tuesday night. But in the end, I don't think that debate is one that's going to have substantially shifted the momentum in the race. And if if at all, slightly in Biden's direction, the instant polls suggested that Biden was clearly regarded having won, in inverted commas, mm. insofar as you can win such an unseemly brawl. <laughs> so I don't think, I mean, if the next two debates are cancelled, I think, to be honest, I think most of the country and the rest of the world will heave a huge sigh of relief. That's probably what should have happened anyway. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if the Trump campaign wants to try to hold at least one of those two debates, even if it's um, via uh, video, uh, because, you know, he's behind in the polls and he needs to try something different. And perhaps he can try to play on the sympathy vote. Um, you know, we know that the prime minister here, his personal ratings and support for the Conservative Party went up when the Prime Minister was seriously ill. You know, I mean, for the reasons I've already said, I think I don't think it's necessarily the case at all that the same is going to work for Trump in these situations. But I mean, he's, he might well want to give it a try. But the Biden campaign will be, would be well advised, I think, to be very cautious about that. Mm, the idea of a virtual debate would be interesting. I'd imagine that the moderator this time uh, was wishing that he did have a mute button at times. Yeah, and a virtual debate would enable that, wouldn't it? You could just press the mute button on Donald Trump's uh, Zoom and uh, and that might solve the problem. I mean, it might end up being a more... You're right. I mean, 
mean, it could end up being a much more civilised event. At which you might actually learn more. I think you might have cracked the problem there. We, um, we've spoken about the polls. As you say, Trump is not doing well in the polls. The one area in which he is leading over Joe Biden is on the economy, um, mm. one of the only areas that he's still leading on. But this morning, we've seen the markets fall in the wake of Trump's diagnosis. We saw the FTSE sank by nearly 1% in morning trade. Will that strike off Trump's final <laughs> terrible pun, Trump card? Well, you know, I, I mean, to be honest, I think this race is so baked in, you know, I mean, there are undecided voters out there, allegedly, but there are far fewer of them than in any recent uh, presidential election, so far as the polls suggest. I, I just, I think it's so difficult now to imagine circumstances that are going to change people's minds profoundly. You're right. Okay, so the, the, Performance, um, the Dow Jones index has been Trump's best friend throughout his presidency. And there are millions and millions of Americans whose sense of their own prosperity is very directly tied into what's happening on Wall Street. Even if that is divorced from the quote-unquote real economy, so long as they themselves uh, have a job, the performance of their investments on Wall Street matters a great deal to them. And as you say, this is the one area, the only area, where Trump still is doing relatively well. The latest data I saw saw him on about a 52% approval rating for his economic performance, which is not great, but is way better than his indicators on everything else and is ahead of Biden's. So will the um, falls on the stock market that we've seen today as a result of this dent his approval? Maybe, maybe, um, if you take it in a very literal way. Of course, Trump supporters will say, well, that's evidence of the need to re-elect him, right? Because presumably the falls in the stock market are a result of anxiety about Trump's health. And some people, his supporters, I've already seen on Twitter today, are saying that this is more evidence that he needs to be re-elected in order to reassure investors and make sure that people's um, people's investments uh, continue to grow. My final question, um, Professor Smith, if everything goes wrong, as it did for the UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson, and um, Donald Trump does end up uh, incapable of running the country. Who steps in then? And if things go really wrong, and I'm sorry to bring it up, but we've had listeners emailing in asking what happens if a US president dies. Do you know the answer to that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's fairly straightforward, really. I mean, the, the vice president will take over. If the president is still alive, but is incapacitated, then under the 25th Amendment, the vice president, Mike Pence, would take over. If the president dies, the vice president takes over. There are big questions right now about, I mean, the many, many, many people who Trump has been interacting with in the last few days, um, not just people within the White House, including uh, apparently the vice president, but also through um, White House aides on Congress with Speaker Nancy Pelosi, with the uh, Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett, with plenty of other people. So we don't know how many other people. I mean, that's going to be the really vital question in the next few days. It's not just whether Trump starts developing symptoms, but how many other people who he's been in contact with test positive and may start developing symptoms. Now, if the vice president... If the vice president uh, gets ill as well, 
Then we have a really potentially extraordinary situation when the th- where the third in line to the presidency is the Speaker of the House, who is Nancy Pelosi and who, is, of course, is a Democrat. Oh, wow. So you could imagine a situation where if the worst happens and President Trump, let's say, dies and Vice President Pence is unable to assume the presidency, then according to the constitution, the presidency is then taken up by Nancy Pelosi. And we've also got a situation, of course, since people are already voting, where it is now too late to take Donald Trump's name off any of the ballots. If he is incapable uh, because he's too ill or he dies between uh, now and the meeting of the Electoral College, there will be a huge legal and constitutional crisis about what happens to the electors who have been pledged to support uh, Donald Trump. I mean, we're in for a, I mean, I was going to say we're in for a bumpy ride. That really minimizes it. I mean, this is a profoundly dangerous moment for American national security, for the, the future of American democracy. I mean, it, in many ways, it is really just about the worst thing that could possibly have happened. And if Biden is infected as well, then the situation just becomes uh, even worse. The rest of the coronavirus latest news. Nicola Sturgeon's called on SNP MP Margaret Ferrier to do the right thing and resign after she crossed the country from London to Scotland, having tested positive. The Rutherglen and Hamilton West MP admitted to travelling to Parliament without waiting for test results. She then spoke in the Commons and returned home by train after receiving a positive result. Miss Ferrier was expelled from the party on Thursday night by SNP Westminster leader Ian Blackford, but is still a member of Parliament. Travellers arriving in England from Turkey, Poland and three Caribbean islands will now have to quarantine for two weeks. Greece and Italy remained on the safe list, while Turkey, whose Covid rate is comfortably within the UK's quarantine-free green zone, has become the first country to have a two-week isolation policy reimposed because the UK government doesn't trust its data. If you'd like to read more on any of those stories, check the episode description. I'll put links to full write-ups from the Telegraph website. If you're not already a Telegraph subscriber, you'll need to sign up at telegraph.co.uk slash audio. But don't worry, you can get your first month's access to all of our journalism completely free. Please do consider supporting what we do, and then we'll be able to keep making podcasts like this one. If you found today's show useful, please do leave it a five-star rating and perhaps even a short review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps boost us in the podcast charts, which are the only type of chart I will ever top. The benefit of that is that more people will see it. If you'd like to email me, maybe you have a topic you think I should be covering. Uh, The address is coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk and you can find me on Twitter at T underscore Leludis. I'll be back with your next update next week. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leludis.